Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with veteran English jazz pianist Mike Bell. He talked about his new 2023 CD called Jazz on the Rails. This is his second album following his 2017 release called Just for the Record. All the material on the new CD are original, composed and played by Mike himself. He takes a lot of his inspiration from the golden era of jazz with greats like Cannonball Adderley, John Coltrane, Benny Golson, and very much so in particular Mr. Oscar Peterson. Early on, his career went the direction of pop music and country rock but he circled back around to his love of jazz he's got a great story enjoy mike it's great to meet you thank you for taking a minute out and before we get into your life and music i want to touch on covid and the last three years was something else for all the musicians how did you survive it and how how has it changed the way that you approach things now oh that's a, that's an interesting question i mean covid <clears throat> It's, in, it's, it's interesting to me because just before COVID, I'd, I'd recorded an album with, a, with a, 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 a lady. I call her a young lady because she's younger than me. Um, but um, I'd recorded a, a, an album with Andrea and, and we'd got to the point of just about to master it when COVID struck. So that kind of put an end to that. Um, I no longer actually go out and, 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 and gig. I've, I, I reached the point in my career where I thought I'd done enough of that. Um, and, and so I, I simply work in my own studio, which incidentally I've had for 30 years. Um, I'm not a professional engineer, but, uh, but I know how to work my own studio, as a lot of musicians, you know, have, have discovered that, that they can, they can do it. And um, and so I've been. Pretty, I was as far as COVID was concerned. I was pretty. I was pretty used to spending time on my own in my studio anyway. And it didn't really change my way of life at all, except that there was nobody coming into my studio. It's, I mean, I should say it's a, it's a fairly small studio. I don't have you know great drum kits and so forth all, all over the place. And so I just got on with stuff as usual. And 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 I I'd recorded several albums on my own previously. A couple of them were ambient things that I'd done in the past. And I'd, in 2017, I did a what was mainly a jazz album. Um, and um, and I thought, well, I'll just repeat it. And 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 so I I, I just did another jazz album, pretty much during COVID and um, and, and a bit beyond. Uh, because I could do it on my own, I could just play piano and um, and and uh, etc. and uh, and just get on with it and, and do it without without having to sort of go out and and, and do anything. But uh, as for gigs, I, I haven't really toured um, since 2016. So, talk to me a little bit about how this journey in jazz began for you. Um, I guess that Dominic's given you some, some blurb, but, and, and on, on which I say it's, I'm a fairly unusual case because I, I earned my living not as a jazz player, but as a, 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 mainly as a country rock player. I played with people like Albert Lee and uh, Dennis Licorio and quite a number of others. I did some stuff with Sonny Curtis of the crickets and all sorts anyway. But, um, but that, was, that was my professional career. That's what I got paid to do. But, of course, I, I started listening to jazz when I was, I don't know, 10, 11, 12, something like that. And I was listening to Benny Goodman and uh, some friends of my parents had um, Benny Goodman albums. So I was, you know, listening to Teddy Wilson play the piano. My dad played the piano. So um, so I was fascinated. I wanted to play as, as well as he did, you know. And, you know, I, I, it, was, it was just, that was so important for me. And so the piano became very important. So when I was listening to Benny Goodman, I was really listening to Teddy Wilson and, 
you know, the, the, and so on. Um, but of course, what what happened as I got a bit older, um, I I kind of moved into. It was, we, we had a very musical school. I was at a boarding school, um, and and we had a very musical school, and and people had a lot of records, and they were, you know, there were that the, the, there were. Um, uh, Blue Notes um, records circulating and so forth, and we had tape recorders and recorded them and gave them back and so forth. And and, and so I was I was listening to um, Art Blakey and, and and the Jazz Messengers and all that stuff. And of course, um, uh, Miles Davis and and, and Coltrane and you know, Milestones and and then the Carnegie Miles Davis things, which were just wonderful. And but of course, all the while, there was Oscar Peterson lurking in the background, you know, and I couldn't resist him. I mean, he, he just swung like anything, didn't he? And, um, and, 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 um, with Ed Sigpin and Ray Brown, and it was just, just a, a wonderful time in jazz to me during the sixties. And, um, and it was a bit of a jump up. It was a bit of a, um, a leap forward in the sense that, um, I'd been used to listening to much simpler stuff, really, with, I mean, no, no, no less. No less um, uh, technical, but but certainly a simpler approach to jazz. Listening to to Fats Waller, for example, and 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 um, and, and, and and Benny Benny Goodman, so forth. It was a simpler form of jazz. So it was a bit of a, a challenge, really, to, to start listening to Miles and and and, um, and, and Cannibal Adderley and so forth. And I, so I was still quite young, and, um, and it, but I felt it was worth making the effort. It was sort of cool to make the effort because a lot of my contemporaries were had, were making the effort, and I thought, well, I don't want to be left behind because I'm supposed to be a music, you know, musically inclined. And I was, I'd learned to play classical piano from the age of about five, so you know, I got that background, and I just wanted to stop doing that and just play jazz, and and that's what it was. So when I, you know, we had a jazz band at school, and um, and actually the, the, the piano player in the in the band was so good. He went off to the Royal College, College of Music in London, and um, um, and um, um, that, that I ended up having to take up saxophone on uh, uh, to, to, to get into the band. Uh, you know, in order in order to participate. Um, but after he left, I, I, I got in as the piano player, and um, and and, 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 and when I left. School. I mean, I did a lot of jazz gigs, but I discovered that people were going out earning money, um, you know, real money, decent money, playing music. And so I bought myself a Fender Rhodes well, after going through the the, 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 the the problem of buying a, a, a Vox Continental organ, which I didn't care for at all. I was a piano player, not an organist. And um, so I sold that and got the, the, the Fender Rhodes when it came in in, in, in around 6970. And, um, and there was no stopping me, you know. I mean, I loved the sound of the Fender Rhodes and, um, and, and jazz was starting to be influenced by it. Herbie Hancock was playing, you know, Fender Rhodes and, and, and everybody else, Stevie Wonder, of course, in the pop, pop, pop world. And, um, you know, I, I, I was hooked. And, and I was also hooked on the notion that, you know, if these other guys that I know that, you know, aren't terribly good and, so I thought I, I, could, I could make a living out of this, you know. So I, 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 I started putting myself around a bit, and I started to get function gigs, and that that was good, good background, really, really, really useful because, you know, I, I do, for four years I had a resident job in a in a, a in a restaurant um, come nightclub, and we were, we were playing six nights a week, and um, you know, as a trio. And um, so I, le- I learned bass pedals so that we could just function with a guitar as well. And it was very good training. I mean, a lot of it was 
junk and stuff, but you really had to be on your toes. And um, and four years playing six nights a week was a terrific sort of, um, you know, a, 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 I, was, I was very, I consider myself very fortunate for that. So, so really, um, you know, the, the, the jazz kind of went a little bit into the back. I mean, never went into the background. I was constantly listening to it, but I was playing less of it. Um, and, and I got... You know, I, I met more musicians who were earning a living by this and sort of started to do some sessions for people and got hooked into this, um, these sessions for this country rock band. And, 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 uh, and I kind of found myself, you know, very strangely in, in this, um, in, in, in this kind of genre and, and pretty much stayed in it for, for, for most of, you know, most of my working life. Um, but it's not, it's not unusual. I mean, you've got players like Bill Payne, who played with, uh, you know, the band Little Feet, um, that I'm sure was a jazz player as well as a, a, a great country rock player, you know. So I listened to folks like, like him and, um, and, and, and actually even when I was playing with Albert Lee, who's, you know, country rock, uh, amazing legend of a guitarist he i mean it, um i even brought the jazz inflections into into that band which people kind of seem to um more many people seem to like they felt that it kind of complemented albert's playing and it and, and it actually it actually worked pretty well um, and i was with albert for 13 years so i mean we must have been doing something right but i guess that's it in a in a, in a bit of a nutshell i hope i haven't for too long. Is that, is that okay? I think you hit a lot of points that I was going to follow up on, but I'm curious in this journey as a musician, what do you like the best about being a professional musician? When, when I say I'm a professional musician, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm working mainly on my own now. Of course, I am. I, I, I mean, it's a funny little story there. You know, there's a, a, a lady over the road to us who doesn't know anything about music, bless her. Why should she? And she introduced me to her son and said, um, Mike used to be a musician. Um, it's kind of not one of those things that you you ever stop doing, isn't it? Whether you're professional or, or, or not, you, you, um, it's not like I used to be a teacher or a banker or something. Anyway, um, that's by the by. But, um, I, I mean, I like the lifestyle. I mean, that has to be said. I really enjoyed the lifestyle. It was great being on the road and you know all that stuff. And and um, and of course, but, but but essentially, I liked playing. I mean, I I couldn't get enough of it. It was. What I'd always wanted to do, I just wanted to play, and I played with some pretty, pretty fantastic musicians, and you know, I consider myself pretty lucky for being able to do that. So it was a combination of, you know, um, playing the piano, which was a lifetime's ambition, if you like, um, and 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 the lifestyle. I think that probably goes for for, for for most of us, and of course, as you get as as in any sort of profession, I suppose, as you as you get noticed, it, it becomes it becomes even better in a way because you you have a little bit of a reputation. I mean, not like, not like a superstar reputation, but you you have some sort of reputation, and therefore you you you, you thrive a little bit on that as well. If you if you stop and think about it, you know that's. I mean, I suppose most of this I've thought about since I've stopped touring and so forth. But yeah, I I I, I figure that's 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 pretty much it, Joe, as, as far as you know the actual business of being a professional musician so let's get to the essence of you and everyone out there has a perception of you your family your friends your fans but ultimately you're driving the bus you're in control what's your perception of you who do you think you are 
Oh, I think these days, um, now that I'm getting a bit older and, um, and, and, and I'm not out there doing it in the same way, you know, I, I, I think I have a pretty good perspective on, on myself. I kind of know very well my limitations as a, as a player. Um, I think all decent musicians do, you know, we, you know, I, I was dogged for years thinking, well, I'll never, I'll never be able to play like Oscar Peterson. So what's the point? You know, so I think you all, I, I think a lot of artists, many artists, you know, have a kind of a low self-esteem factor where in which they are they are always always kind of aware of what they or perhaps more aware of what they can't do than what they can do, and so they overlook their their assets and constantly thinking, oh, how does he do that? How does why can't I do that? Or why why haven't I investigated this? Or Obviously, what else should I be doing? Um, but today, um, it's a strange thing to say, but today, my evaluation of myself is, is a bit different. I, I, I don't, I'm no longer dogged by the Oscar Peterson ghost because I, I kind of understand that there was no point in trying to compete with Oscar Peterson anyway, any more than there's any point in trying to compete with Keith Jarrett. I, I think that nevertheless, you can still have something to say as a player. Um, you can still you, you, you can still add to a band. You can still you can still write compositions that that communicate with other people. I mean, that's our job, isn't it, as musicians, to communicate with people. And if you touch by by what you write and 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 what you play, if you touch other people's hearts, if you like, or if you touch other people. And communicate emotionally in some way, then it doesn't matter if you're not an Oscar Peterson or a Keith Jarrett. Um, you have to be of a standard, of course, to to to, to be able to to play your instrument and in, in, to, to, to sufficiently to be able to to communicate. Um, so you you know that's no justification for not being able to play, but you don't have to be the best exponent in the world. So these days I kind of, I, I actually feel that I, I kind of, I like what I do. I'm, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm my, my favorite player, but I'm one of my favorite players, which is a big thing for me to say because I spent much of my career, um, you know, always looking at the things that I couldn't do rather than, you know, the things that I, 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 I could do. So no, to these days I actually I, I I do like what I very much what I do and um, yeah and 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 I'm okay I'm okay with that now. Whereas I think for for many years and I, I know it's a fact with, with many musicians you know that I that, that I speak to uh, uh, you know when we talk about where we stand in the in, in the scheme of things we don't place ourselves very highly you know we don't think of ourselves as as, as great rock stars or great. Um, you know, jazz piano players or whatever, you know, but, but we're, we, 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 but we, we did okay. We, we, and, and, and we have something to say and we, we made a contribution somewhere. So that, that, you know, that's how I see myself. That's a great answer. Is, is, does that answer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I like the way you put it. That's really, really great and grounded and wise. But, um, and, and I want to get, you, you've, you've covered so much in, in, in what I really wanted to talk to you about to get a good background on you, but I really want to make sure that you let everybody know where is the best place to pick up Jazz on the Rails or any of your other work and support your career? 
Uh, well, thanks for that opportunity to announce it. But I mean, the, all I can say, I mean, nobody buys CDs anymore, do they? They really don't. And so it's, it's, um, it, it, it's, it's, yeah, that's a bit of a problem for musicians. But, um, so I've, I've, I've got it up on, on Spotify. Um, so you can find me on Spotify if you put in Mike Bell and Jazz on the Rails. That, 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 that I know will find it. I mean, I do have a link. Um, and I think, um, Dominic, who put us in touch, he, he has certainly has a link. Um, but um, the other place is, is Bandcamp, because uh, my co-producer put us up on Bandcamp. Um, so Spotify and Bandcamp, I know for sure. I'm not sure whether it's on iTunes or not, to be honest, um, But uh, because I've left that sort of technical side to, to my co-producer, who happens to be the mastering engineer, so he's much more technical than I am. Um, but yeah, uh, Spotify and Bank and Bandcamp. Wonderful, Mike. It's been wonderful to get to know you. Thank you for opening up. Thank you very much, Joe. Nice to talk to you. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in England, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Mike for his time, energy, and cool. If you want to hear more interviews, you can find archived Neon Jazz interviews at Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube. And for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.